Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going on, everybody? It is Monday, October 17th, and this is the College Football Daily. I'm your host, Nick Costco, and joining me today will be Brad Crawford, my colleague over at the National News Desk. Of course, one of the big voices in college football. Wild weekend, to say the least, on Saturday, Brad. I mean, I, we have to start out, of course, Tennessee over Alabama. And before we get into it, Michigan gets the big win over Penn State. So two huge wins by top 10 teams. But obviously, the headline of the weekend is Tennessee over Alabama. Game-winning field goal as time expires. Neyland goes absolutely nuts. Knoxville, Nashville, the whole state of Tennessee might, might be on fire at this point. After uh, we can call this what a um, midseason national championship, it seems like. I mean, your first takeaways from Tennessee over Alabama this weekend. Yeah, I mean, statement Saturday, it definitely was in the, the SEC and Big Ten. I mean, credit to Tennessee, you know, to not only go up 28 to 10 in the first half of that game, but to lose the lead in the second half. Dallas Turner's fumble return gave Alabama a 49-42 advantage late in the fourth quarter. And what does Tennessee do? Goes right down the field. Benefits from a questionable call there at the goal line on fourth and five. Very next play, Hinton Hooker throws his fifth touchdown pass of the game to Jalen Hyatt, who had all five scores. So very impressive performance from Tennessee. And I think if you're an Alabama fan right now, Nick, you're a little worried because one more loss – and the tide are completely out of the playoff discussion. I mean, absolutely. I mean, we, we've always seen over the course of the college football playoff history, no two-loss team has ever made the college football playoff. So now it just seems like Bama's got to win out. They have to win an SEC title. And who knows, maybe they get that rematch with Tennessee if Tennessee actually knocks off Georgia. So another one on this Tennessee game, what, what do you make of Hendon Hooker? I mean, going to that final drive, the game's tied at 49. Alabama misses their own field goal. Hooker, couple passes right over the middle. They get right down the field, get in position for that 40-41 yard, and all of a sudden, boom, the, you know you, you see all these fans rush the field based on Hendon Hooker setting them up. I mean, is this guy firmly in the Heisman conversation, and was that a Heisman moment for Hendon Hooker? Oh, I think he is undoubtedly in the Heisman talk right now. You know, he was number three behind C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, in my opinion, heading into Saturday. So now he's right up there with the Ohio State quarterback for frontrunner status. He had ice in his veins, like you mentioned, Nick, late in that game. Two big completions to, to pick up almost 50 yards on that final drive. Hits Brew McCoy for like a 28-yard gain down to Bama's 24 five-yard line. I, I was surprised that Bama DC, you know, Pete Golding had his corners and safeties backed off those receivers in that last possession to set up Tennessee's game on a field goal. But man, hats off to Hendon Hooker, really played outstanding. You know, he was able to survive that that first interception he's thrown in basically half a season. Really impressive there. So Hooker right now is the best player for UT. And, you know, right now the Vols are probably the second or third best team 
in college football, and usually that spells well in the Heisman race. What do you make of Tennessee versus Georgia? Of course, Georgia had a dominant win over the weekend. Of course, uh, you know it, you take it with a grain of salt since it was Vanderbilt, but again, Georgia seems like they have put it all back together after some lackluster performances just a couple of weeks ago. But I mean, Georgia Tennessee, I mean that might be the game of the year at this point, considering what Tennessee just did to Alabama. Yeah, Stetson Bennett had two touchdown passes against the Commodores, his first touchdowns in four games. Kind of surprising there. So he's finally back on the um, up and up, you know, in in that, you know, backseat of the Heisman race, so to speak. And I think that game in Athens in a couple of weeks from now is going to not only determine the SEC East, but it's going to show us what the pecking order is behind Ohio State in the college football playoff. I I was mentioning this week on Twitter, Nick, that if Tennessee were to beat Alabama Saturday, DeVos could lose between the hedges and still make the playoff as an at-large team. And I'm very confident in saying that now because I think that game against Bama was Tennessee's biggest game of the year. I know a lot of Vols fans are going to want to beat Georgia, going to want to win the SEC East and try to win a conference championship. But, you know, what's more important, an SEC championship or getting to a semifinal spot, perhaps avoiding, you know, a rematch with Alabama? So I think it's very interesting Tennessee right now, you know, 6-0 at the midway point. Several tough games left for the Vols, but that game at Georgia here in a couple weeks is not only the SEC's biggest game of the year, but it's probably the biggest game outside of Ohio State, Michigan, on the rest of the college football slate. Man, can you imagine if Tennessee, even in a loss uh, against Georgia, but Georgia beats Alabama in the SEC title game, and all of a sudden they say, you know what, Tennessee, you beat Alabama. They made the finals, so why don't we just bump you up and be get that large bit? Boy, hard, be, hard to beat a team twice, too, man. You know all about that, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So one more on this game. Now, where does Alabama go from here? Again, we already mentioned it, that two losses for them. They're going to be out of the college football playoff until, of course, the 12-team expansion a couple of years down the line, of course. But no team has ever made it with two losses. We were talking about Texas, of course, you know, possibly doing something like that, or even like Auburn last year if they had having to run the table based on their schedule. So it's basically impossible at this point for them to make the playoff if they lose one more time. So where do you, where do you think the Crimson Tide go from here after a loss like that? And again, it wasn't the offense's fault. It was a defensive performance lackluster uh, is the word I'm going to use here. So not what we expect out of a Nick Saban team, but where do the Crimson Tide go from here? Yeah, we, we've seen Saban and Alabama backed into a corner before. You know, last year they lost that midseason game in College Station, still were able to make the playoff, ran the table, beat an unbeaten Georgia in Atlanta to, you know, get one of those top four seeds. I don't see the same scenario unfolding for the Crimson Tide this time around. I don't think this year's team is as good as last season's team. There are more obvious issues with this team. Bama's pass rush did not get any pressure and in large part against Hinton Hooker on, on Saturday. And that, that's that's huge moving forward when they have to play teams like Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and LSU. LSU's 5-2 and two after beating Florida. That's not going to be an easy, easy game for Bama. Mississippi State, we know how well they run the air raid under Mike Leach. And Ole Miss is the only unbeaten SEC West team still left. So Bama still has three really tough games left before getting to Atlanta and, and clinching that division title. So I think right now you're in kind of a, a dangerous, murky waters if you're Nick Saban. And I think Bryce Young feels the same way. So we'll step aside and take a quick break. On the other side, we'll flip over to the Big Ten, where Michigan made the biggest statement in the conference this weekend, at least out of the Big Ten East. Keep it locked here. This is the College Football Daily right here on 24-7 Sports. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, Brad, now we switch gears to Michigan. Now the Wolverines dominate Penn State 41-17. You know, we were sitting in front of our television screens on Saturday saying, you know, what the heck is Penn State doing? Or actually, first half, what the heck is Michigan doing? All of a sudden, Blake Corman, Donovan Everett said, oh, yeah, we can run the football pretty well. And they dominated the rest of the way despite a down day from quarterback J.J. McCarthy. So, Michigan, hey, 7-0. They have a bye week going into a two-week preparation for Michigan State. So, again, it's, it seems like it's Ohio State or it's Michigan coming out of the Big Ten this year. But what were your big takeaways from Michigan's dominant win over the Nittany Lions on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, Jim Harbaugh's team keeps, you know, crossing the T's and dotting the I's every week with near-flawless execution. Michigan had a two-point lead in the first half despite only giving up one first down to Penn State. Sean Clifford had that long 70-yard run, set up that one-yard touchdown run. Then Penn State got to pick six. So it was kind of a dominant first half for Michigan despite the score, you know, only being a two-point margin. But I was very impressed with what Michigan did in the second half. So far, no team on Michigan's schedule, Nick, has made J.J. McCarthy beat them with his arm. I think Ohio State will do that a few weeks from now. But if you're Michigan fan, I mean, you have to be excited about what this team has right now. Everybody's pretty much healthy. Blake Corum is undoubtedly a Heisman candidate, in my opinion. Another 100-yard game. Dominic Edwards had about a buck 75 too yesterday. So a very important win for Michigan. That was probably the second toughest game on the Wolverine schedule, you know, with that Ohio State game looming. So Michigan passes the first big test of the season by humiliating the Nittany Lions. Yeah, there was definitely some chatter about Michigan saying, you know what, that schedule's not legit. Obviously, the non-conference schedule was was pretty much all cupcakes. And of course, with the way the Big Ten schedule ended up in the first few weeks of the conference schedule, they're like, well, is this really a number five team going into this Penn State game? And I guess they did prove it. So looking ahead now, again, Michigan State is in two weeks and undoubtedly Michigan is going to be the favorite in Ann Arbor's Michigan State, despite the win over Wisconsin, which somehow they beat Wisconsin. Michigan State is like this. They're going up and down. They're in waves. We don't know what's going on with Mel Tucker and the Spartans, but hey, you never know what can happen in a rivalry game. So moving forward, looking at Michigan State and obviously the big game against Ohio State, this time in Columbus. I mean, what is Michigan ceiling here? I mean, do you see them actually running the table and saying, you know what, we are going to repeat as Big Ten champions like last year? I think Michigan right now has to avoid any sort of, you know, hint of complacency over these next four or five weeks before they play the Buckeyes. Everybody in in college football media, players, fans alike, all have that game circled, but there are four or five games for Michigan before they play Ohio State. So they've they've got to run the table to make that game mean what everybody thinks it means, you know, a top five matchup that's going to decide the Big Ten East. But I think right now I would make Ohio State maybe a seven and a half to eight point favorite in that game. But based on what I saw in that Penn State game, I mean, Michigan still has a chance to really own the line of scrimmage against the Buckeyes. I know Ohio State's defense is much improved. Jim Knowles has done a heck of a job there in in Columbus since coming over from Oklahoma State. But this is still going to be a game that's won in the trenches. C.J. Stroud can have all the weapons he wants, but if Ohio State cannot block and cannot tackle Michigan at the line of scrimmage, we're going to see a repeat of last season. But like I said, right now I would make Ohio State around a seven or eight point favorite. I still think Ohio State wins the Big Ten, finishes unbeaten, and makes the playoff as one of the top two seeds. But Michigan right now, you have to like it 
if you're Jim Harbaugh. It's an interesting parallel, too, when we talk about Michigan and Tennessee, the two biggest winners of the weekend, of course. You mentioned before how Tennessee, there might be a scenario where, you know, even if they lose to Georgia, they could still sneak in backdoor into the playoff at number four. Now, going into the season, I had Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, and Michigan in whatever order the case may be, but two teams from each conference making the playoff in the preseason based on my picks. But do you see a scenario where Michigan could be the Big Ten's Tennessee, where Ohio State wins the Big Ten and Michigan is left out of the Big Ten championship in Indianapolis, but they somehow sneak in as a, as the number four team at eleven and one. I think the thing that that hurts Michigan in that scenario is, you know, will Penn State still be ranked? Will Michigan have another ranked win on the schedule? I think Nick, you'll be looking at probably a thirteen and zero Clemson against an eleven and one Michigan trying to fight for that number four spot. That would be the I think the uh, selection committee's biggest dilemma there. Do you go with the conference champion unbeaten, which by the way, Clemson has beaten a top 15 Wake Forest team, a top 20 NC State team. Let's say Florida State finishes nine and three and ranked. That's that's three ranked teams right there. And then Clemson plays unbeaten and somehow ranked Syracuse next weekend. So Clemson's schedule by by ACC standards is one of the toughest Dabo Sweeney's had to get through, you know, during this 10-year run Clemson's had. So I think Clemson right now, if they finish unbeaten, has the edge over a one-loss Michigan for that four spot. And it could be one of those scenarios where maybe you see Ohio State and Clemson as the t- as your top two seeds or, you know, one of the top three seeds because you throw Georgia into the mix as well. And then maybe come down to that scenario of, well, now you have an 11-1 Tennessee and 11-1 and yeah. Michigan. And then you probably have to debate it from there as well. And plus, you know, throw another Power 5 champion. Maybe, maybe you USC or UCLA is a one-loss or undefeated champion at the end of the year. So there's a lot of different possibilities, it seems, towards the end of the year. And I know we're talking about a lot here, but of course, I mean, there's only five games left, which is kind of hard to believe already in this college football season. And there's like maybe seven or eight unbeaten teams, too. And TCU and UCLA, those are, I think, the most surprising unbeaten teams outside of Syracuse. Not to discredit what Dino Babers has done this season, but Syracuse's uh, schedule is a little backloaded. So we're going to see if the Orange, you know, are really good with Clemson, Notre Dame, uh, Florida State, team like that coming up. So it'll be interesting. But TCU and UCLA right now, those are kind of the the playoff busters. I know we don't uh, talk college hoops as much as we should, Nick, but that's kind of the uh, bracket buster scenario that if TCU comes out of the Big 12, 13-0, and 0, or UCLA wins the Pac-12 with 13 wins, you know, you might see a uh, one-loss SEC or Big Ten team that might be better on paper get left out of the playoff in favor of an unbeaten Power 5 champ. For sure. And I think that's what the committee wants to emphasize, of course, winning your conference. And of course, if you do go undefeated, it's definitely going to help you. And especially in the case of the pack of an improved Pac-12 this yeah. year. So that's a good point by you as well. Brad Crawford with me on the College Football Daily. Brad, where can everybody find you and your work on social media? Yeah, thanks for having me, man. B. Crawford 247 on Twitter. One of the big voices of college football, Brad Crawford, of course, of 24-7 Sports, my colleague on the news desk. And um, that'll do it for us today, though. I am Nick Costco saying so long. Be sure to follow me on Twitter as well at Nick Costco 59 Be sure to give our network a follow on social media as well. Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube page as well. And be sure to like, share, and subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts for the College Football Daily. Once again, this has been the College Football Daily right here on 24-7 Sports.